Come on. What, what crazy, dumb pastor decided to follow that, right? Who, who would have done that? But, uh, man, that was so good, so good. Hey, we really are excited that you're here tonight. We know you have a lot of things going on, and, uh, you know, hey, it's Christmas Eve. We think it's important to start uh, and maybe end the day, I guess, depending on what time you think it is, uh, celebrating uh, Christ and, and him being born. I, I especially want to just give a, a special welcome to you. If you're not Christmas, you go to only a church person. You know, maybe you're here because it's Christmas and that's what you do on Christmas. You go to church. Uh, I think it's a great thing to do. And so I'm glad that you're here. Maybe you came with family or friends or maybe you dropped in tonight. Uh, you know, my prayer for you, it's really for all of us, but I think especially my prayer for you is that maybe we'll start a new year a week early. Like technically we're not in 2017 yet, but I'm just praying that tonight is kind of a, a turning point for you and a starting point of, of an incredible uh, life that God has for you. And maybe, maybe that would start tonight, whatever you're going on, whatever's going on in your life, whatever you brought in here, uh, just believe in tonight's going to be a, a special night for you. Now I have a confession to make before we jump in that I am not like, I'm not a big time Christmassy guy. Like I, I am married to the female version of the Will Ferrell character of Elf. Uh, I, that's who I'm married to. And she's all about it. And uh, I'm not like Scrooge or anything, but I've just never been like a huge Christmas guy. But every year, inevitably, the same thing happens for me. Whether, you know, whenever, whatever the date is or whenever it is in the month of December, whether it's at church or on the radio or whatever it is, every time we sing uh, that chorus of, oh, come let us adore him, I, I get goosebumps. I get chills every time, no matter where I'm at, when I hear the song. And it just, right away, no matter what I'm doing, when I hear that chorus, I, it just puts me in the Christmas mood. So I know we've already sung it uh, together, but, but man, I'd like to sing it one more time, if you'd sing it with me. And I don't want to start it and be singing by myself, because then I'd feel foolish. But if you would sing with me, I'd like for us to sing it one more time. Will you help me out? Can we do it? If I get us started, can we do it together? It's Christmas, right now, right? Let's do it. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him. Oh, come let us adore him, Christ the Lord. Let's do for he alone. Come on. For he for alone is worthy. For he. Give yourself a hand. That was very good. That, that like, that's Christmas to me. Like, that makes me think of Christmas more than anything else. And so uh, I appreciate you doing that. But that was uh, special to me. I want to share for just a few moments tonight here together. I want to share out of Luke chapter 1. We're going to, a very famous, I guess the whole Christmas story is famous, but a very famous part of the Christmas story. This is the part where uh, the angel shows up to Mary to tell her that she's going to have a baby. It's Luke chapter 1, verse 26 is where we're going to start. Here's what it says. It says, In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, to a virgin named Mary. 
She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, Greetings, favored woman. The Lord is with you. And I love these next three words. I know it's crazy, but I do love these next three words. Confused and disturbed. Confused and disturbed. And I love those three words because it just kind of comforts me and encourages me that even the person that God picked with the ultimate responsibility of carrying Jesus was a little bit confused and disturbed. And I spend a lot of time in my life confused and disturbed. Anybody else, you're a little bit confused and disturbed sometimes? Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, so Mary is confused and disturbed. She tried to think of what the angel could mean. And I love that because like, even though preachers like me try to make it so definitive sometimes, like God said and God spoke to me, most of the time we're all kind of out there trying to figure out, you know, like, what am I supposed to do? What's God trying to say to me? What's God speaking to me? And that's the angel and not Sherry. And he's like telling her exactly what it is. And she's confused and disturbed and not sure exactly what God is saying. And then the angel says, don't be afraid, Mary. Can we say that together? Say that with me. Don't be afraid, Mary. Say it one more time. Don't be afraid, Mary. The angel told her, for you have found favor with God. For just a few moments tonight, I want to focus on that phrase that Gabriel told Mary, don't be afraid. It's a phrase that you actually read a few different times in the Christmas story. You read it again in the next chapter when uh, the shepherds, the angel appears to the shepherds and, and, and they announce the arrival of Christ. And then angels uh, join Gabriel and they begin to sing. Uh, you, you see the shepherds kind of freaking out a little bit too. And they say again, do not be afraid. Now I know it's a little bit strange, but as I read through the Christmas story, I love that when God showed up to people in the Bible, he had to tell them to not be afraid. I love that. I love it because the people in the Bible are not superheroes. They are people just like you and me. And I don't know about you, but I know about me. If an angel showed up outside or in my bedroom or in, while I'm in the shower or whatever it is, I don't know about you, I would be freaking out. Anybody else, like, you'd be going, like, I never did drugs. I mean, I, you know, but I would be thinking there's some medical hallucination going on. I would be definitely confused and, and disturbed. And so I kind of read the story, and I think, man, God could have chosen anybody. He could have chosen, like, the, 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 the spiritual specialist, but he didn't. And I love that because that means that he's not bothered by me sometimes being confused or disturbed or unsure about what he's trying to do. But I also love that idea that the angel had to tell Mary not to be afraid or terrified. It reminds me that most of the time, God's greatest opportunities are terrifying. That God's greatest opportunities are terrifying. Now, I knew we were talking tonight about not being afraid, and this week, actually, I saw this video floating around on Facebook. Actually, my wife, Andrea, shared it, and, I, and I, it was too good not to show. So for just a second, I want to show you this video uh, to get us where we're trying to go tonight. Let's go ahead and look at this. Come on, come on. Oh, put your head right here. What happened? Stop, Daddy. Stop, Daddy. I'm not doing anything. Daddy, stop, Daddy. Stop, Daddy. You want to go You ready? No, yeah. Because you're not going to pull it. Wait, if I, what if, what if I, is it going to hurt? No, it ain't going to hurt. I can't eat this. 
I mean, it's gonna, it's gonna, I feel like it. You know when you got that strap? <laughs> oh, it's gonna feel like it. <laughs> like no, it's gonna feel like this. Boom. Like, it's gonna be like, boom. <laughs> okay? Oh my God. Okay, Trey, you gotta be ready to catch it when it fly off somewhere, okay? You ready? That's not yeah. it. No, no. I'm not even doing that. I'm just trying to get this shit on that dude. in the Bible, but I almost kind of feel like that's what Mary was doing when the angel showed up. Like, oh, God, no, what are you talking about? Like, I, I, I know what Andrew was like when we found out we were having baby number four. Maybe it was something like that. I don't know exactly, but in my life, I know what it feels like for me, and maybe on the outside I look like that, but there have been a lot of times in my life I've looked like that on the inside, but that's kind of how it's supposed to be. When God shows up and gives you an incredible opportunity, it always is scary. It's always terrifying. You've probably felt that way, just like Mary, just like me, that God wants to do something amazing through your life or in your life. And if, and if you ever are going to do something great, allow God to do something great, be used to do something great, you're going to have to face and deal with fear and anxiety and pressure and nerves. Like maybe tonight you would say, Jason, I really want to get clean from an addiction. But if we're being honest, the thought of obeying God and giving up whatever substance that I've depended on for years is absolutely terrifying. You, you want to let go of, of hurt. You want to let go of a grudge that you've carried around for years but it's terrifying. It's scaring you to let go of hurt when you don't feel like that it's ever been made right. You want to live in freedom. You want to get rid of secrets in your life. One of the most terrifying things you will ever do is to be set free by truth. Because you're, you're, you don't know how people are going to respond or what's going to happen or what the consequences may be. You, you want to go to counseling so God can heal your marriage, but it scares you. You want to quit your job because you feel like God is calling you somewhere else. Terrifying. You want to start a relationship with Jesus. But, but even that, that incredible opportunity to start a relationship with Jesus, like just being honest, like it's a little bit scary. I don't know what my friends will say. I don't know what my life will look like tomorrow. I don't know what I'll turn into. Like I, it's just a little bit, it's a little bit scary. Maybe it's not about something that God wants to do in your life, or maybe something you doing something, maybe for you, the fear is more just about survival, finding on reports back from a doctor, and it's scary. You're trying to beat cancer. It's scary. Financial pressure and debt keeps piling up, and you can't sleep at night. Your past keeps chasing you, or, uh, or something that you did. A court date is coming up soon. You're scared about your kid's future, and all of these things scare us. Make us afraid. Make us confused. 
The fact is that life gives us plenty of reasons to be scared, to be filled with anxiety or depressed. In 2016, 40 million people have or will experience an impairment because of an anxiety disorder. 40 million. 43% of Americans take some form of mood-altering medication regularly. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's this daunting thing out there that life and our faith makes us fearful sometimes. But the good news is the Christmas story. The good news is that not only did Christ come, but when Christ came, peace has come. That's what the angels sang when they were gathered around the shepherds. Peace on earth and goodwill to all men. Now listen, peace on earth is great, but peace in my heart is even better. Peace in my life, peace in my family is even, it's even better. Proverbs 12, 25 says that anxiety in a man's heart weighs him down, but a good word, everybody say good word, but a good word makes him glad. So let me just for a few more moments tonight give you a good word. Did you know that the phrase, do not fear, or any form of the phrase, do not fear, is written in the Bible 365 times? Did you know that? How awesome is God? How incredible is God that he put an encouraging reminder that we don't have to be afraid for every day of the year. Instead of fear and anxiety, depression, I want to challenge you this Christmas to turn the tables and instead of believing the worst or instead of thinking about what could go wrong, dreading what might happen, I want you to do what Mary did in verse 38. Luke chapter 1, verse 38, Mary responded after the angel tells her everything that she needs to know. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Now, I know that this was about Mary and an angel, and this was not necessarily about us, but I don't think there would be anything wrong tonight with us just claiming this statement that Mary made for ourselves. That, that, that we would maybe, choosing peace, that we would make the statement or, or say to God tonight, may everything that you have said about me be true, because a lot of people will say a lot of things about you in life, some good and some bad, but God has also said some things about you. And if you will believe to choose what God has said about you instead of what other people say about you, you can have peace. That's what Mary said. May everything that you have said about me be true. And tonight, I just echo that to God. God, may everything that you've ever said about me be true. May everything that you've, he's ever said about you be true. Now, I don't have time to go through everything that God has ever said about you because he said a lot about you, and it's all good. It's all good. I would encourage you, if you're ever feeling down, afraid, fearful, depressed, I would encourage you to, to find a book or Google God's promises for your life. But can I just, I just want to give you five, just real quick. Five things that God has said about you that tonight we're saying, God, may it be true. The first thing that God says about you, if you want it to be true, is that you're forgiven. That you're forgiven. That if you want to be forgiven, God says it's true. It can be true about you. Your sins and, and the things that you've done wrong, you can be forgiven. It's why Jesus said, 
the cross. That's why God sent him at Christmas, and that's why he went to the cross and died and was rose from the dead at Easter so that you could be forgiven. But it's not just about being forgiven. God also said, number two, that you are healed, that you, you don't have to live in a state of, of sickness and pain and hurt your whole life that there is healing available. The third thing that God said about you in the Bible is he said you're not condemned. I love that one because sometimes I think about all of the stupid, dumb, dangerous, illegal, terrible things that I did in my life. Anybody ever done something dumb? Let me see your hand. Anybody ever done something dumb? Anybody ever done two things dumb? That other hand, just go ahead and throw it up. That's how the cops had you right there when they showed up. That's how they had you right there. I mean, we just did some dumb stuff. And I don't know about you, but I know about me, like, there are these times that, that I hear these voices telling me how much of a failure I am, telling me how much I've screwed up, how much I've blown it, how much I can't get it together. And that's never the voice of God. It's never the voice of God. That's not what God says about you. God says you're not condemned, that there's therefore now no condemnation for those if you want to be in Christ Jesus. You know, another thing God says about you, number four, is he calls you a friend. I love that. That God doesn't just love you because he has to love you. He likes you. You're gonna have dinner probably with some people tonight. You're gonna tell them you love them, and you do, but you don't like them. Let's just be honest, right? That's not how God feels about you. That God doesn't just love you. He likes you, and he calls you his friend. And the last thing that God says about you just for the purposes of tonight, he says a lot more things about you, but the last thing that God says about you is that he has incredible plans for your life and your future. That God has incredible plans for your life and for your future, no matter where you are, how you're feeling, what you're facing tonight, doesn't matter. That, that if you want it, God has incredible plans for your life and we're here for your future. And so when we hear that we're forgiven and we're healed and we're not condemned and, and that he calls us friend and that he has great plans for our future, we just want to kind of cry out the way Mary cried out and say, God, may everything that you have said about me be true. May everything that you have said about me be true. Listen. Peace has come. Peace has come. And when he came, they said, call him Emmanuel because he is God with us. He's not just God for us. He's not just God on our side. He's not just God looking out for us. All those things are great, but he is God with us. And so whatever scares you about tomorrow, whatever scares you about right now, whatever you're afraid of, whatever fills your heart with anxiety, whatever depresses you, whatever keeps you up at night, just know that your Savior, he, he came to earth so that he could be with you. Laying beside you when you can't sleep, driving in the car when you can't clear your mind. He's with you. And when he came, he brought peace. Peace has come. If you want it, you can have it. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Peace has come. Let's pray.